0: Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to episode 337. Uh, Going back on to the development of English furniture, the English craftsmen, woodworking techniques in the the modern world. So let's continue on in this developmental process. So we're gonna talk about, or ask the question, who is Robert and James Adam? So in a survey of English furniture the place of the brothers Adam, the Adelphi of a famous London Lottery, falls naturally between an account of the work of the Chippendale and of the hepplewhite schools. Robert Adams cer- certainly employed the former, and probably the latter, and the Adams style in furniture directly influenced that of Hepplewhite. Perhaps there was a reacting influence at the same time, at least as far as furniture was concerned. As the designs of Robert and James Adam undoubtedly became more rational during the years with their practice. Of the four brothers, John, Robert, James, and William, it is the second who was the most dominant factor in the London practice. And when we speak of Adam, it is the style of Robert that we really refer to. To divorce the furniture of Adam from his decoration or his building... Is almost impossible all the more so that there is the same affinity or rather want of comprehension of the possibilities and disabilities of material in all them. Herein lies the inherent weakness of the Adam style, the outside facades of the houses on the Adelphi ter- terrace, for example, and remember the Adelphi Terrace has a, uh, a famous speculation. Uh, that all four brothers produced it, but that it has the same um, type of decoration and in the same stucco that one finds also on the ceilings, on the mantles, uh, and also on other the furniture inside. Robert Adam was never true up to his materials. He positively loved shams. The marble columns in the House of the Society of Arts in the Adelphi in John Street, are painted in marble. The carving on the mantels is composition. So, what you're having from the Adams brothers, this is a, for me, it's a real downfall in craftsmanship. It's, you're living in a mechanized world in the woodshop. They're using composites for uh, carvings and turnings, and uh, so a lot of faking, fake paint. So an Adam uh, ornament is overdone, as it is much too often. The effect is like the attempt of the confectioner rather than that of an architect. The fault may have been originated at the outset from ignorance of the nature of materials or from lack of tradition. But two factors demanded that they should be perpetrated. The first being the house at Piccadilly for Earl Bathurst. So, of the life of Robert Adam, the briefest mention must suffice. He commenced his Grand Tour in 1754, and he did not return to England until 1758. And just a word about the Grand Tour, if anybody doesn't know what that is, in all European countries, France, Germany, England, Spain, Italy, the Grand Tour was after a a master traditional artist served his seven-year apprenticeship. He was required to do a tour of the entire country. And in France, which I'm very familiar with, the tour lasted for an entire year. So he would almost prostitute himself by stopping in small hamlets, large cities, and uh, find whoever uh, the master was in his trade in that city and ask for a brief apprenticeship, usually lasting anywhere from four to seven days. And then he would move on to the next town. This gave him a broad-based base to which to start his own practice when he got uh, back to his city. So practically the whole of the time, he was very busy surveying, sketching, measuring, and studying the works of ancient architecture in Italy and elsewhere. The result, in part, of his extensive labors was the large folio volume, volume, the ruins of the palace of the emperor Dalitian at the Spalato in the Venetian Dalmata, with engravings that came with, which were published, the engravings were published in 1758. So apart from the enormous architectural practice, which was large enough to have absorbed all their time and energies, the brothers entered into a scheme to reclaim and rebuild that part of the strand on the south side down to the Thames, known as the Adelphi, from its association with the brothers Adam. Apart from the actual building, the cost of the foundations and vaulting to level the district with the Strand proved so enormous that the speculation soon outran the Adams resources. The brothers succeeded in influence the Earl of Boot then in power to procure a bill in their favor, legislating what was known as the Adelphi Lottery. In some areas of the magnitude of the Adams commitments, May be gathered from the fact that the lottery in seventeen seventy three involved a sum of some two hundred and eighteen thousand pounds in four thousand three hundred and seventy tickets at fifty dollars each of which one hundred and eight were prizes and Robert Adam claimed that the success of the lottery would no more than recoup the brothers for their outlay, certain other properties of the brothers in the neighborhood of Portland Place were included among the prizes. There is every reason for supporting that the lottery was a financial success, that the Adams' finances were re- revived, and at the same time that their taste for speculation was curbed. Their lease of the Adelphi property from the Duke of a- Adams was for only 99 years. Robert appears to have been inclined to certain speculations. He he bought the patent on the uh, lardant-type stucco, the invention of a Swiss, and the acquisition of the secret undoubtedly had a marked effect on the development of a style of the brothers. With Robert Adams real genius for detail, planning, massing, and spacing, his financial interest in the stucco was rather a disaster than a gain. It impelled him to introduce this stucco everywhere in all of his works. From the Adelphi, in addition to the architectural and decorative sketches, came many designs for furniture, some which are very amateurish in conception, others of the practical character which suggests the editing hand of the cabinet maker. There are no records as to the makers of whom these sketches were entrusted for real, realization in wood. We know that Chippendale worked for the brothers, but only from preserved invoices in the hands of the Adelphi clients, such as Sir Roland Wynne of Nostal Prairie. Of other markets, of which there must have been many, we know little or nothing. Yet the marked effect of the Adam style on that of the school of the Heppelwhite suggests that Heppelwhite himself must have been employed by Adam. To treat, to treat of Heppelwhite and his style here would be to anticipate the next podcast, but it may be said that, with the Adam style not existed yet, the cabinet makers and upholsters guide of Heppelwhite would have been a very different production to what it, what it is today. Unfortunately, of George Heppelwhite, we know very little or nothing. His design book is a posthumous production published by his widow two years after his death. Many, if not all, of the designs must have been prepared during Heppelwhite's lifetime as their engraving would be a long process. On the other hand, if we examine the Adam furniture designs in chronological order, it will be found that there is manifested in the gradual technical evolution as well as the development of the Adam style itself, a notable influence from outside. This practical improvement may well have come from Heppelwhite and his school. It is not of a kind which would have organized or originated from Thomas Chippendale, who was obsessed, as he was, with his own director manual. The early Adam designs are often wildly impossible, and with little to no artistic merit. They're original in the sense that no cabinetmaker would have been guilty of designing them, which is dubious praise indeed. Robert Adam had one cardinal fault. He had, as has already been remarked, very little sense of material. Thus, in his sketches, he treats stone, brick, stucco, lead, for the tracery of fanlights, composition, wood, silver or fabrics, as if it were properties that were all alike, not understanding the differences and the capabilities. To use the same design for a ceiling or carpet um, was to him a matter of course. So it is only with the latter, Adam, furniture, that the sense of restraint and suitability of material becomes apparent. That these qualities are due to the rationalizing influence of the cabinet makers who worked for the Adelphi. There can be little question, nor is this effect noticeable only in the latter sketches. One is only to compare the designs with the work as actually executed, to see how serious were the modifications in the former as they passed through the workshop. Robert Adam possessed the unquestionable advantage that he could afford to disregard expense. In the case of his wealthy clients, take for example, for instance, the famous sideboard suite at Harewood made by Chippendale to Adam's designs. One can only imagine how the idea would have been cheapened or mutilated had Chippendale dealt directly with Edwin Leakes. Apart from the design itself, the workmanship is one of the finest and most costly in high quality, the Ormolu Mountings in particular being of the most superb. So I came to the conclusion that nearly 20 years ago that the debt which Adam and Heppelwhite owed to each other was nearly equal, and then coined the name of Adam Heppelwhite to describe a style which belongs properly to both. So I've seen no reason to change my opinion since although the Adam style forms only a part of that of Heppelwhite, this, however, belongs in the next episode in which it is proposed to examine and describe the work of the Heppelwhite school. So being before closing this episode, so I must mention uh, something must be made of the important works in architect- architecture of Robert and James Adam, a large folio of which the first part appeared in 1773, and continued at intervals until 1778. An additional volume was published by William Adam in 1812. The original sketches are not in the uh, are in the uh, Sloane House and. Uh, Actually started to be all separately sold, which is very unfortunately. All these sketches in 1821, so they were all separated um, in the uh, the Sloan House Museum. So, uh, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Hope everyone enjoyed our talk about Robert and James Adam, and uh, not all was on the up and up for truth, and a lot of deceptive practices, and uh, using uh, not understanding your materials, and using uh, just cheapening up furniture in general. Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out.